Hello there, Obakam here. You're welcome to episode 35 of the Blue Ribbon Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the show today. As some of you know already, because, well, I posted on my Insta story the other day. Today, we're going to be talking about the social dilemma. If you haven't seen it, um, please do. It's a Netflix documentary where Silicon Valley insiders reveal how much social media is reprogramming civilization. And I think it's a very good expose into the world of these big tech companies, these social media platforms, and how much they are really harvesting our data, mining our attention, and the deep psychology that goes into creating social media platforms. They, in fact, likened us to lab rats um, and use our psychology against us. They see advertisers as customers and we, the users, as the products. After seeing the documentary, it gave me very good insight into how algorithms work, how I, I think about something or I search for something and immediately I'm seeing all the e-commerce companies bringing up those things on my TL. They know so much about us. They have so much information about us than has ever been imagined in human history. It makes them get better and better predictions about our behavior, about the things that we would like, about the things that we want to see, and the things that will make us tick. So on today's episode, I have a very brilliant guest, y'all. I just listened to the interview, the conversation that we had, and there's no better person I would have brought on the show. Her name is Pearl Wazigwe. So Pearl Wazigwe is an attorney with interest in digital rights and tech policy. Her podcast, Beyond Lake Code, speaks to various issues in tech and ways to stay secure online. She studied in Unilag and UC Berkeley and lives in California. In her spare time, she advocates for digital well-being and resilience, hosting monthly self-care events for black women. Pearl is a lover of all things Beyonce. <laughs> Let's jump into the conversation, but guys, promise me one thing. They're going to listen till the end. So, so many gems, y'all. So many gems. And then there is a rapid fire at the end of the show, y'all, and interesting questions. So, don't miss it for nothing. Thank me later and don't forget to drop me some shukran. The link is in my show note. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you so much, Pearl, for coming. Thank you, Obaka, for having me. So when I thought about this episode, thinking about, um, you know, the social dilemma, I didn't have to think so far about who I wanted to be my guest on this episode you just came top of mind <laughs> because of the impact that you have made on the scene so i just read your bio to our listeners and i'm sure that they also want to learn from you i mean talking about your work in tech policy and digital activism and digital rights and then your most recent um, rated r project and self-care sundays all right so let's just have a rundown just for more context about what rated r is about okay. before we go into today's sauce yeah all right thank you so much abakan first of all for having me i'm such a huge fan of the blue ribbon podcast so rated r literally a gift to the revolution like i like to call it so it's a combination of three r's resistance revolution and resilience um with everything going on with covid19 the black lives matter movement in america the gender-based violence in nigeria i figured that a lot of people are experiencing traumatic feelings stress having compassion fatigue you know we're, co- we're at home in the lockdown we're constantly on our phones we see lots of violent content every single day um so i wanted to you know basically create a site that had a lot of resources um, just a lot of fun things to help people like kind of distract them from the reality like I still want people to be aware of the news I want people to you know give I want people to keep being advocates but at the same time I want people to, be able to take time for themselves and the whole idea of resiliency is how to bounce back 
has to keep fighting like if we keep doing this without checking ourselves without checking on ourselves we're gonna burn out so i was just like hoping to basically create these resources um in, in so many different forms like we have a list of therapists we have like tips and tricks watching videos online violent videos um and then i decided to take it a step further by like creating like a community for black women which is like self-care sunday and just like every month you know just taking time out from our busy schedule from all things that we watch online to just basically talk about ourselves and how can we improve mindfulness and mental health i feel like right now it's, it's just this shift from you know physical well-being to mental well-being to digital well-being like we're so connected with our phones so the question is how well are we using our phones how are we using the phones to serve us and not the other way around and so that is basically the whole concept of rated r like with everything going on in 2020 um how are we going to serve our bodies better like our minds our souls our body and have this kind of detachment to our phones yes our phones are necessary yes being on online is necessary but to what extent and so rated r is trying to to create that gap between ourselves and our phones. I'm such a huge fan of Rated R, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and it's such an amazing project. It's a conversation worth having, especially at a time like this, you yes. know, where the world is going through a lot of things. Um, and you usually talk about vicarious trauma because I've listened to almost all the podcasts that you have been on, and I see how much <laughs> yeah. Rated R has been a very, very resourceful tool, you know, um, speaking to that. Yeah, so what does social media mean to you, and what were your first, first thoughts when you saw the social dynamic um i mean social social media to me is just like this very cool tool that has really come into the world and just taking you know taking up so much space in in a very good way like we're connected more than ever we're just you know we're a dial away like literally you're calling me we're literally recording an episode on the internet and it's it's so cool like i you know just the whole idea of how technology has just made things so much easier like people are being discovered online so social media has become this conduit and beyond communication has been a conduit for jobs has been a conduit for you know innovative you know solutions just and so much more um so watching social dilemma was very interesting um for many reasons i think the first thing is that well I have been preaching about this since like last year. <laughs> so yeah. I've been like very happy. Like I'm just like, I keep talking about this almost every other day. Um, so watching it was kind of like a confirmation of what I already said. Like, I thought, okay, well, I'm I glad I, I wasn't lying. Um, so Social Dilemma basically talks about the negative impact of, of social media. Um, yes, social media is great, um, has really helped in so many ways. But at the same time, Social Dilemma kind of um, exposes the whole idea behind the social media why it's become so addictive why the next generation which is generation z is going to suffer more um with the impact of the like social media and um it was really interesting to see just like you know from the perspective of the technology itself like the product features why it does what it does but just like in summary just it was really nice that you know, it kind of, you know how they say the fear of God, it really instilled the fear of God in some people, like, oh, yeah, right. this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is I'm like, okay, great, I think people are at least shook to their core, like, okay, this is happening, mm-hmm. this is what your social media is doing, this is what the phone is tracking, this is what it's collecting about you. Um, exactly. 
so yeah it was a it, it was a good documentary i feel like it could be better but i think mm-hmm. it, it's a good starting point to have these conversations especially for people who didn't even know about this in the first place so yeah it's a good starting Absolutely. point for the conversation i actually um, agree with everything you said right social media has its very good side and then it has the bad side which i think balances it out right you know so that's the social media what it means to you that's the good side i expected you to say and right then your first thoughts when you saw the social dilemma for right. me social media is like a knife right right um it's a good tool and it's a bad tool depending on the application right and i think that's what um social media is to me it's done amazing things for me mm-hmm. i was able to reconnect to you after law school right you know from social media <laughs> and then to so what you said about gen z you know they met social media in high school right i didn't know about social media when i was in in high school yeah i only got instagram in late 2018 2019 and you you got on instagram this year I yeah exactly so <laughs> so so yeah so yeah the documentary touched on different issues from exploitation of users for financial gain through surveillance capitalism to data mining Mm -hmm. and there was the issue of the seduction and the addiction of social media to the rise of suicide Mm -hmm. then there was bullying and the spread of conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and fake news Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was a lot actually there's a lot to unpack you know i just remember the time of ebola when there was this news flying around that people should drink um, salty water and salty water to have a Right. And a lot also has gone around about the coronavirus. COVID, coronavirus, exactly. <laughs> you know. So give us a breakdown of fake news in the light of misinformation and information and disinformation and how right. we can, we have so people can actually stop the spread of fake news. Right. Um, well, I just feel like, first of all, fake news is... It's annoying how quickly fake news spreads compared to the truth. I'm like, I think that's why I'm always very skeptical when things go viral, when I see clickbaits and I see headlines. I'm just like, if something is too good to be true, then it's not true. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that's like the first that's the thing. There. Like, if it's, if, it's, if it's just becoming so widespread, I'm like, hmm, there's something, like, take a breath and just, like, look at it. So fake news generally is just, uh, you know, people who aren't aware of all the facts just come online, they start something, and people just pick it up so quickly. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the best example right now is the coronavirus misinformation. I think right now, we're, there's a word for it, it's called the, disinfo- the infodemic. So, basically, the fact that yes we have a pandemic of a virus but we also have an infodemic where a lot of people are being misinformed by you know the cure of coronavirus is coronavirus even real in the first place and so there's this thing like between conspiracy theories and fake news because when people are saying well um f the 5g towers cause coronavirus that's conspiracy theory but then yeah. now it's not being you know people are politicizing it seem like oh it's news woke up one day oh my god they're burning down 5g towers so it's just been a lot of widespread um, mistruths about a lot of things and especially the cure so the cure has been with trump being the head leader of fake news talking about injecting yourself with hydrochlorine yeah. um basically people are saying oh if you take um malaria drugs it's just like doing ginger and tea like especially like in west african countries african countries in general because we believe so much in natural medicine we believe that oh okay natural medicine will cure it so we'll just come up with this and that oh if you do this if you, ah, if you drink hot water if someone said if you inhale steam from hot spots i'm just like can you sit down and just listen to yourself um so it's crazy um and social media has become that vehicle to 
make this fake news even more viral like whatsapp i think in lots of african countries whatsapp is um, a form of communication and also a form of you know getting news so through broad- broadcast messages that yeah. that has happened um especially in african countries tiktok is also another new place where because we're all at home during a lockdown people are doing cute challenges and all that and then you know there'll always be these bad actors who just come and say huh think about this don't you think this is this and then boom 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 um this is where the fake news has begun to spread and then obviously there's facebook and then there's twitter um so right now i think you know companies are trying their best to combat it so that's why lots of fact checkers facebook has a couple of fact checkers tiktok is um, collaborating with who the cdc to keep you know putting up you know good information saying okay this is what you have to do to stay you know safe from coronavirus these truths are not correct but unfortunately when you look at the engagement you realize that people are not really engaging with who as much as somebody's exactly. going to engage with us so it's such a it's a weird phenomenon i think watching social dilemma speaks true to it it's like persuasive technology or persuasive news like there is something about lies that trigger emotion like it's something about you know instilling fear in people that you know makes people panic to the point where they're not thinking straight and i think that's what fake news does i think that's what conspiracy theory does it yeah. instills fear into people that they just begin to panic and like oh my god this might be true people literally believe that the vaccine is the mark of the devil and bill gates is the devil's agent i mean like that was that we get said but then that, then that just brings about fear and then it compared to who saying oh wash your hands i mean who's going to like what are you going to believe when i mean a rational human being will be like oh okay well the devil you know people just want to believe something that is bigger than them when it's really as simple as just washing your hands staying at home wearing a mask right so yes. that's that's the fear of the new media like old media suffered this but it's even worse now because everybody has a phone everybody can be a reporter everybody can say something because of freedom exactly. of speech so it's a very weird juxtaposition like how do we control these new media information and how do we also protect the rights of individuals to you know have an opinion and have a say online so i think that's you know it's kind of like the whole summary of what fake news is about and misinformation in this digital age um, so let me just lend my voice to that. I love the way Lavia Jai says it. She says mm-hmm. that um, fake news would wear its boots and travel countries before the the truth is even, has even woken up. Something like exactly. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just that, just to add to what you said about right. that. So yeah, how do we actually, you know, stop the the spread of fake news? You know, I, I want practical tips because talking about Facebook fact checker, like a lot of people don't care about that. They don't know right. about that. Exactly. You know? And then our parents, you spoke about BCs, especially in, in, in this part of the world where right. people share BCs. When WhatsApp first came out, I had to tell my mom, like, <laughs> send me any BC about send to 10 people or I'm going to seize your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's wild. <laughs> elderly people, like our parents and people mm-hmm. of that generation that right. do not really know about all of these things. How do you break this news? to them right and then for people in our generation mm-hmm. i mean the millennials and then gen z mm-hmm. how do you actually how do you think we can you know practical tips on how we can stop the, the spread of fake news right um first of all i just i always have to like read beyond the headline that is the first thing like some people they just see headlines they retweet it they i know how headlines can be so misleading like oh this that and they just like retweet 
it. I'm like, bro, if you can't take the time to read this headline, then don't bother. Don't bother sharing it. That's the first thing mm-hmm. I keep telling people, like, don't bother sharing something that you've, you haven't read. Because many of the times, it's, you know, it's a clickbait thing. That's what companies do these days. They put something that is very triggering. People are like, oh my God, and they share it. So that's usually the first thing. Always look out for credible sources. So I personally, I don't read news. If it's not, if it's not from certain, I don't want to mention them because you know, there's also, you know, confirmation bias where like you're so used to reading from a particular outlet that you're so biased by their point of view. So I always tell people have various um, opinions, but try and get them from credible sources. Um, so there are a lot of news outlets around the world. Pick your favorite that is, you know, because so, every news outlet will always have their own form of truth but at least let them be falling towards a good truth where it's like okay well 80% mm-hmm. of this is accurate so have credible sources don't retweet from bloggers and read from all this blog information no because you know they have their own bias something's gonna go on there they're gonna use something to trick you to click and then from there they have more shares and all that um and also look out for um what they call i'm trying to remember what they call those um, um parody accounts yeah. i think I, there was a time i actually put on my instagram stories and i was asking people to decipher between whether this account is real or fake because many times there are lots of fake accounts that look like the actual real account so cnn for example there are a lot of parody accounts that look like cnn but they're not seeing like it's not a verified cnn and people don't take their time to say oh wait this cnn is not having that blue check thing like this doesn't look like it's real but people just you know instantly they just start retweeting they start reading the news so i always tell people take your time to check if this account has been verified or this account is actually official before you read the news or share it um also look at the dates People, you know, there's sometimes where <laughs> so we share stuff and I realize this thing is five years old. It's literally, I, it's happened so many years ago and you're like, oh my God, this is happening. So I'm like, check the dates. Like before you get too excited, like when did this actually happen? Was this a month ago? Was this a year ago? Because something that might, something, it might look similar, like, oh, this explosion happened. Um, so, so, and so in this particular country, but you realize it happened two years ago and it's not happening right now. So I'm always like, you know, check the dates. And then also when it comes to video, clips people like maybe they just only put that 30 seconds of a video clip and you're like oh look at what this person said so i try my best to look at the comments like you know some people would you know, people always have very polarizing opinions about certain things and then someone would even go as far as saying oh actually this is a full clip so i always like eventually watch the full clip i'm like okay wait this was taken out of context so people need to start understanding the context i feel like we if, i'm like if you have a phone and you want to, you claim they are very intelligent, then take your time to start doing your own investigative study. What is the context behind this 30 second viral video that everybody's talking all about? Ask yourself this question, start asking yourself questions like, okay, what is happening here? What was the context? Was it taken out of context? And then, you know, sometimes I've watched a video where it's like, okay, this was clearly taken out of context. And I watched a full video, I'm like, oh wait, this second was just to make us angry or what? So I feel like people, people, we aren't doing enough work. Um, and, and this is not to say, oh, the responsibility lies on the user. But at the same time, it's like, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be sharing this, if you're gonna be giving your opinions about certain conspiracy theories, then you might as well do the work and ask yourself questions um, to combat fake news. Obviously, we have a long way to go. Technology companies have a long way to go. Um, but I think we need to meet ourselves halfway, like as a user and as a company, how can we meet ourselves halfway to combat fake news and call people out? This one's sharing something that's like, call them out, retweet and be like, this is a lie. <laughs> Absolutely. I, 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 
Cut them out. You know, I'm like, they're very quick to do that. I'm like, this is a lie. Like, this is not real. Like, why are you saying this? You know, start calling people out because people are just like, no, no, that just call. I'm like, call them out. This is clearly a lie. And you let people suffer from like embarrassment or people are being bullied because of lies that are being spread about them when it's, it's obviously not true. So, yeah, we have a long way to go, but I'm pretty, I'm hopeful that we have this, we keep having these conversations and you know, we finally get somewhere in combative fake news. You know, I think it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Yes. Wow. Yeah, we'll yeah. definitely combat this. Um, okay, let's talk about addiction. Something that's an addiction is something mm-hmm. that gives you short-term relief, right? right? It's accessible to you at any time. I think that's what mm-hmm. social media is. We have right. our, we have access to our smartphones, our Apple Watch, you know, everything. Somewhere, something somewhere is talking. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think anybody's above addiction. Mm-hmm right what do you think we can do to nip an impending addiction in the bud you know i'm talking about digital well-being right um yeah i think the first thing is to first understand the technology because you know how they say ignorance is bliss and knowledge is power (laughs) this is where it comes into play so i feel like a lot of people are not aware so they know that they are addicted to their phones they know they can't do without checking instagram first in the morning but the truth is like they don't know why so i feel like when you're equipped with the knowledge as to the why then you can begin to start breaking down those addictive patterns so the first thing is the why the reason why we are so addicted to all these social media um, apps while we're addicted to our phones is because of the technology behind it the patterns the features so in social dilemma they mentioned you know persuasive psychology um positive um, intermittent reinforcement that is the reason why we're so addicted so the features um the like button the fact that notifications are red in color and the fact that um the apps themselves are blue so i can let me just begin with the notification the fact that it's red is a signal to your brain naturally red is a color of danger it's a color of passion when you see red you know something either good too good or something too bad is about to happen and so the social media took up this beautiful color i said you know what why don't you use that as notification so when you see it on your phone like denim oh wow i'm either being rewarded yeah. or i might have been punished <laughs> so that's the, that's the first thing your brain your brain does right and then secondly like the social dilemma it's basically said that you know there's just so much information there's this validation that we want to have as human beings and it's normal it's primal that's why we have community that's why we have families right but imagine you are constantly being online. You're trying to gain validation from over a thousand people, over a million people that you've never met. But because you feel like it's it's a normal thing and your brain isn't equipped for that, first of all. And these technologies know that your brain isn't equipped for that. So what do they do? They give you positive reinforcements. When somebody likes your picture, oh, okay, I'm going to stay on. I'm going to see one more is there. And then, okay, let me see if I can do much better. What can I do to trick the algorithm? What can I do to trick my face? What filter can I use? And it just keeps going on and on and they keep rewarding you. They keep rewarding you. They keep reminding you, oh yes, you can do more. Okay, let me stay one more hour. Let me comment on this. And then next thing they realize you spent five hours on Instagram with the time go. But they just kept on reinforcing you. They kept on bringing you back. And it's, you know, now technology is so smart. Like they have machine learning algorithms where they know your patterns. And that's, that's the next point that I keep telling people. The technology has studied you. It knows what you like. I personally love Beyonce, so I know technology knows that. <laughs> they, they will, they can, my Instagram, like this one time where I spent almost an hour just watching Beyonce videos, I kid you not. Like I was just 
just scrolling, 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 scrolling. <laughs> I was like, what did you have to do? Because they know, you know, they know what you like and they will keep feeding it, feeding it to you. But you, that's why I'm like, you know, people need to start being knowledgeable. And so that's like the first thing. So the next thing is, now that you do know, okay, this is this is um, a pattern that they're clearly watching you. This notification is is there because they either want to reinforce you or make you feel like you're in danger, this kind of things. Um, the next thing is, I always tell people, delete the apps and it's not like oh i'm asking you to go offline go off the grid but if you're being if you realize you're being addicted to it too much delete it for a while like maybe for a week two weeks use the browser instead go on your laptop the ux design is ugly it's terrible for a reason because they want you to be on the app the longer you are on the app the more money they make and that's why the ux design of the browser version is terrible as you know as it is um yeah that's you know, that's another way to keep you on the app. So delete the apps and start getting used to like I, right now I'm using the um the app version of my Gmail and I'm just irritated. But I was like, yeah, I just need to check my emails and get out. So I was like, I'm not always spending so much time you know, checking my emails, checking Instagram, that kind of thing. The next night I told people turn off your notification. I think social dilemma mentioned that. Just turn it all off. Yeah. You don't you don't need to yeah. know that somebody liked your picture. You don't need to know if, if someone retweeted it. It's it's really not your business. You post and you go. That's if you really want to post. You don't need, you know, especially WhatsApp. WhatsApp has a lot of notifications company because of group chats. I'm like, I don't know if we do it, but one day I woke up in the morning and I turned on my phone and the first that came was WhatsApp. I was like, eh? Why? <laughs> I just went to myself because I just turned it all up. I was like, no, 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 this is this is annoying. I don't go first in the morning. Um, and then I'm just like bombarded by messages. And that's you know, that's my next point. When you come in first in the morning, please don't turn on your phone. Just do something aside that. Like don't I mean if you're gonna turn off your phone, maybe to read your Bible or your meditation app, but don't go into social media or go into your emails or go into WhatsApp, whatever it is that you're using. Because I like to believe that these things affect our mood throughout the day. Um, you know, you might read a message that'll just trigger your emotions and then the whole day you're anxious, the whole day you're upset. Um, so I just tell people like try your best first in the morning, the first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, do things that are not with your phone. You know, start having this detachment from your phone because the thing is that the phone is addictive because we feel like we can't do without it. We need it to wake us up. We need it to direct us to work. We need it to remind us about a call, a, a chat. It's just, it's become so integrated into our lifestyle that we feel like we can't do without it. But we can't because many years ago, we were, we had address books. Many years ago, we had a physical alarm clock. Many years ago, yeah. we had, you know, sticky notes to remind us of calls we're having. So I don't understand why it's becoming like, oh my God, I can't do without my phone. No, you can't. So by the time you start challenging your thinking, like, okay, what are alternatives to not using my phone? You realize that there are so many alternatives. You can't do without your phones. And then eventually, slowly and like, but surely, you, um, you know, you start being less addictive. So that's, those are the, you know, the practical tips that I do. Like every once in a while, so my Instagram, I just like remind people, oh, have you done this? Have you done that? It's very triggering. For people, I was very triggered. But I'm like, ah, at least I mean, you're subconscious. <laughs> that's the whole, that's the whole positive reinforcement for you. <laughs> Mine is literally more positive than what social media kids do to people. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, just segue from that, right. yeah. How do we feel the vacuum? Mm. I mean, when I saw when I saw the documentary, mm-hmm. the guy was on his bed, his phone was not with him, mm-hmm. just like throwing the pillows out there, mm-hmm. he was arranging his shoes, mm-hmm. like he didn't know what to do with his hands right. and stuff. You're not with your phone. I actually saw the documentary mm-hmm. with my baby cousins right. and they asked me the same question, like, okay, 
when I'm not with my phone, what exactly am I supposed to do right. with my hand? <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, so I can, I can speak to this because, um, you know, as you know, like I was off social media, like I was off my phone for like three months. And initially I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like one week my mind was like what am i supposed to do without my phone like i didn't pay my data so i literally was disconnected from the internet but i will say that there there is a lot to do without your phone um first of all like get a book there's so many books that you can buy <laughs> and books are becoming so cheap so i i just took into reading um i write a lot so personally i've been writing whatever like my thoughts are everywhere like if i'm getting you know anxious or anxious on my phone i write it down why am i feeling this way i start challenging my thinking so it's crazy like three months i was away i actually kind of like wrote a book so i have like over 100 pages of just writing right um wow. so just like it kind of is and i work like you know people i tell people workouts go on walks like during the time i was off i went to so many nature walks i just told myself okay i'm gonna get lost like i deliberately told myself i was gonna get lost because i didn't have google maps so i was like okay i'm really going to just use wow, my photo- photographic memory and be like okay this is my this is my my beginning this is my end point and i just go on walks you know discover new routes discover new places ride a bicycle um you know i used to take pictures i just i do nature photography but just you know take pictures of flowers this kind of things listen to music workout there's just a lot of things there are lots of alternatives but i think we have to create them so we tell ourselves oh there's nothing to do with that i'm like yeah you can cook some people really love i don't like cooking <laughs> just putting it out there um i don't like cooking but some people like cooking why don't you cook why don't you pick a new dessert and make it um people like cleaning they like arranging stuff they like creating stuff with their hands um that's what i personally like doing i like to clean so whenever i'm feeling anxious i'm okay what can i clean what can i arrange um so i just feel like don't see that's a vacuum because the phones were not supposed to create a vacuum your phone is a tool right it's supposed to serve you so when it's not there it's not supposed to create a vacuum when when we're not saying there's a vacuum that means you've made you know the phone a part of your life it's not it has become an integral part of you and it's not like your heart is an integral part of you without your heart then there's a vacuum right but your phone shouldn't create a vacuum in your life because it's a tool that's supposed to serve you it's like your bicycle oh i'm not riding a bicycle so that means there's a vacuum does that make sense like oh i, I, I don't have a in my pillow that means there's a vacuum like that seems like it's supposed to serve you not the other way around right so i think the moment you start seeing it as a tool then realize okay there are alternatives the same way that there are alternatives to drinking water the same way the alternatives to not having a phone because it's a tool and then eventually you start realizing oh i actually have interests these are things that i love to do so to your baby cousin who's generation z i know it's harder because growing up for us you know we grew up our parents say go outside have fun go and play in the sand <laughs> but they they don't have they don't have that luxury anymore so it's very tricky for their generation like okay what else can i do but i think now is the time for us to start rediscovering ourselves what are our interests outside our phone what are the things that we always want to do but can't do because we've always just been glued to it so i think now is the time to start challenging the younger generations to look outside um you know their phones what are those things that they can rediscover about themselves that wasn't necessarily you know available to them because of the generations that they found themselves in so i think you know that is the thing painting craft exactly you know so it's a lot but um 
I think taking those first steps, like even if you're just arranging your shoes every day, bruh, <laughs> playing a puzzle, oh, even adult, adult coloring book. Me, I have an adult coloring book. I have color pencil. Yeah, I'll be coloring. <laughs> At least my mind is not on my phone. <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so just give us um, book suggestions if you have okay. any, any mindfulness, um, you know, book, right. digital uh, well. Yeah. yeah so there's this book that i love it's digital minimalism by cal newports um it's a good book that first of all like i said you know knowledge is key so you understanding why you're addicted you know is the first step to recovery <laughs> it's like <laughs> phone anonymous for us at this point <laughs> yeah. um so digital minimalism is a really good book it, it really explains the psychology behind it um i didn't want to go to, i didn't want to you know sound too theoretical by explaining it but it's a good book I think um, what other book have I read? What a Time to Be Alone is also another good book um, by Chi DeBerry. I'm looking at the book right now, but it's far away from its author. Uh, what a Time to Be Alone. Obviously, it doesn't talk about digital well-being, but it just talks about being alone. So, you know, with the lockdown, you know, people, the reason why people are feeling so anxious and that, the reason why they're being on their phone is because they don't know what it's like to be alone. So I think that book kind of speaks to it. Like, you know, you're alone. What can you do with yourselves? And what can you do with your life? Um, and there are a lot of like mindful mindfulness books that I've read. Um, How to Stop Worrying. That's another book that you know just yeah. really helps. How to Stop Worrying. Like it has just different tips. And one of the tips that I tell people is, would you trade what you have now for you know whatever it is they're worrying about? So just to give a context, like you know people worry about not going viral or you know not having that validation when they create their work i think for creators we feel that a lot um and i you know i try to challenge my thinking like okay would i trade my talents the gift that i already have for this validation from people who i'm not going to care about in the next one two years and the answer is usually no so but we don't usually ask ourselves this question we just always just worry um so that's another way to just be mindful the subtle act of not giving a fuck is also another really good book Um, I feel like, you know, by the time we realize that, okay, we really shouldn't be giving a fuck about our phones. <laughs> I think that's a very good, a good step forward to being more mindful every day and just taking practical steps. What seems like, oh, it's a normal routine, waking up in the morning, doing deep breath exercises. Oh, it's nothing. No, it's deep breath. <laughs> Trust me, in this world of chaos, those 30 minutes can save your life. Like the whole day will just feel so much better if you're actively reminding yourself to take deep breaths in the morning before you wake up um before you you know use your phone before you go out you know before you even pick up your phone ask yourself what are your intentions for using your phone is it to check the news is it to compare yourself to somebody else that's why you start asking yourself this kind of question you're like okay well i'm not gonna do this anymore um putting screen time limits to your apps if you're not as addictive why don't you push screen time limits so those are kind of things and there are lots of blogs that speak about these things there are lots of resources that are available right now to just help minimize um our relationships with our phones this conversation has been so amazing oh, um, thank, you. thank you so much for your time yeah, um just no. before we go we're gonna have a quick rapid fire um, okay yeah so <laughs> instagram and twitter twitter tiktok and instagram reels tiktok permission and forgiveness permission california and lagos uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. i mean oh you know i'm in lagos bay from a coca this is a very hard one but i live in california so you put it in a very weird dilemma but no, no last kid last kid all the way i'm in niger bay so lagos oh, <laughs> without the traffic <laughs> linkedin and twitter 
LinkedIn. <laughs> okay, times and Forbes. I know your answer. Time, <laughs> always time. I rather be influential than rich. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pearl. Just Thank before you. you go, just drop your social media handles, and if you have any last words, we're open. Let's hear it. Okay. Thank you. Um. So my social media um for my Twitter is at Wazy Grace. It's literally my surname, but the way it's pronounced, so W A Y. So Waze then C I then G W A Y, and then my Instagram is PearlWay29. Um. And then last word, I would say um, to yourself, be true. Honestly, I think that's something that guides me. Um, be honest with yourself. Start asking yourself questions. When it comes to fake news, ask yourself, challenge yourself. When it comes to relationships with your phone, your addictions, your digital well-being, start asking yourself these questions. Start being intentional. And just overall, just, you know, to yourself, be true. So, yeah, that'll be my closing thought. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pearl, for, you know, just sharing your wealth of knowledge and your wealth of experience with us. We're Thank so you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much, Rebecca, for having me on your podcast. This was excited. such a delightful, this was such a delightful conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> all right. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm going to link all, I'm going to put all the links, all the, all the links that you need on the show notes. Sure. So you can just check it out. Right. You know. All right, girl. Stay safe. I will. Bye. You too. Bye. Wow, wow, wow. Wasn't that an amazing session? Like, y'all, I have listened to that conversation over three times, and I kid you not, because it's such a conversation that is worth having at a time like this. So when I put up the Insta story, I got um, a couple of responses about what people thought about the, the documentary. Um, I, I'm going to read two of them. One is from at official app. It says more conversation should be made and the government should work on their policies. Personally, I'm not okay with the way adverts I don't necessarily want to see pop up. Some because I browse just once, but you see the internet knows me, but and I know myself so yeah um and then at Ima underscore Anosike says disturbing I was shocked when they said they wouldn't let their kids use it then how can you let other people's children use it madness <laughs> lol I think we all share similar concerns about social media and I'm glad that you listened till the end because I am very sure that you picked up a lot of tips not one not two not three you picked up a lot of tips and I just really want you to share this podcast with your friends and with everybody that you care about share share to your 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 parents as well let them listen to this that's the only way we can combat the spread of you know fake news and how to do better and just protect our digital well-being that's the only way by sharing information if you had any takeaways from this episode please share on social media tag me at obakam underscore that's o-b-a-k-a-m underscore and tag the blue ribbon podcast on instagram as well please don't forget to give a shout out to pearl on instagram and twitter her social media handles are in the show notes also tag her on all the posts that you may concern in this episode yeah so we're gonna end with the words of joshua fields milburn he says no matter how hard we try we'll never reach the end of the internet so it's best to put down our phones shut our laptops and embrace the glow of the sun not the glows of our screen y'all you got that 
thank you so much for listening please subscribe to this podcast give us some five stars on on apple podcast drop us a review it's to help other people find this podcast faster and enjoy what you are enjoying follow me on the gram on twitter on my account score it's all right if you don't want to follow actually and if you want to support this podcast the link is in my show notes my shukran link you can support the podcast with as little as 100 naira one dollar or 100 kenya shillings um yeah thank you so much do better drive i'm gonna see y'all in episode 36 stay safe bye Thank you.